When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Summer forecast for the 2017-18 NBA campaign. Today is Sunday, July 30th, 2017. This is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, and I am Larry H. Russell. So every year, Celtics Beat conducts this summer forecast episode with the originator of the summer forecast himself, our dearest of guests. I say that because he's on the most, Mr. Chris Forsberg, who, at the conclusion of every offseason, runs this early prediction extravaganza with many members of the alternative media on the website of the Worldwide Leader. However, this year, at this particular time, at this particular hour, Mr. Forsberg is away on vacay and who can blame him or or anyone who decided to use that as any opportunity we made the crack here with austin Ainge on last week's Celtics Beat podcast about how those in the media have been exhausted with the onslaught of huge uh transactions the celts have made this summer which which we were more than happy to do with uh, long-term benefits certainly coming this winter and probably this spring we presume it has resulted in the improvement of the team or actually, who has it? That's a possible conversation with our guests coming up. And I cannot wait to say this, so I'll say it now. The newest member of the CLNS media team, longtime veteran reporter on the Boston sports scene, Mike Petralia, who is down at Patriots training camp at the moment on behalf of the network, literally as we are speaking here. You probably caught him on the CLNS YouTube channel yesterday. We'll try to reach him by phone. We're, we're going to reach him by phone. Coming up on episode number 220 of Celtics Beat, which this week is being brought to you by ZipRecruiter and HelloFresh. HelloFresh.com slash Beat30 for $30 off your first order with America's freshest meal kit delivery service. So before we get rolling, especially as I can utilize the time, our phenomenal production team he here that they need to attempt to link up with Trags down there in Foxborough, you, you may ask, summer forecast, predictions, why now? It's July 30th. It will be August very soon. In fact, some of you may be listening to this podcast on a date in August. Still got camp, still got preseason. Better to make them then, right? So here's the answer. Checkpoint. As predictions are virtually sentiments, and said sentiments change, and with us it is quite frequently. I confess that even a weak-minded individual like myself lets random January regular season losses to sub-500 teams at home alter my future outlook uh, with Boston's basketball team. So thus, summer forecasts allows us to go on record in the immediate aftermath of the offseason's conclusion, put it into virtual stone, our sentiments, our predictions for the 2018 Celtics, which we not only will review after the season, but will review when we make another slew of predictions just prior to the regular season. It's a good neurological study to see how much influence a handful of preseason games where the players that matter put forth an effort level of ranging between, what, 40 to 70 percent, and a cascade of glorified blog posts that are only published to meet assignment quotas 
that can have on our all-powerful minds. Uh, heck, one prediction I expect Mike and myself to make coming up is just that. Which prediction do we predict we will change when we sit on the eve of the regular season? Ah, uh, The others are, are many of the usuals. Win total, how the season will end, confetti on the parquet floor, we hope. Uh, starting lineups, that's a big one this year uh, because there could be as many as three new starters to an Eastern Conference finalists. Potential hardware for the Celts, that being all NBA teams, MVPs, God forbid, coach of the year, highly possible. What else? Uh, hmm. To the abstract, most improved, biggest overachiever, Boston's next trade slash free agency target. And, and with their cap situation now, uh, we now know for the foreseeable future, the only option really is a trade. Uh, a throwback from last year of who will win the last roster spot, although I confess that, like last year, the R.J. Hunter versus James Young duel, size 64 font quotation marks around duel, that doesn't really excite me. Uh, you know you what know does? Fun when I like the season opener and the Christmas matchup, predicting what those are going to be, which we're actually going to get the answer to those quite soon, as a matter of fact. So, there it is. Enough BSing, a more of an extended synopsis than usual on this particular broadcast, but I hope it was of service to the listener. But already, I do have to step out for a moment. As stated, Mike Petralia will be here. We have made a connection. But already being the go-getter that Trags is, he's probably all snuggling into a broom closet in the Patriots locker room right now to make this happen. So we're having some slight difficulties getting a hold of him. But get a hold of him, we will. I'm going to step in here, so to do so, we'll step away briefly on Celtics Beat ourselves to make this all work. Mike Petralia, I promise, here on Celtics Beat, stay tuned. Today's edition of Celtics Beat is being brought to you by HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com and use code BEAT30, that is B-E-A-T-3-0. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service focusing on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Versatility and efficiency, words that we hear often. Well, that's the name of the game of the 21st century. Oh, and the tastiest of food. Get delicious, ready-to-make meals for less than $10 per meal and save some dough while at it. $30 off your first order. And best of all, support Celtics Beat and CLNS Media by using our code BEAT30. That's HelloFresh.com and code BEAT30. On behalf of the network, I would like to announce that CLNS Media's new website, clnsmedia.com, is set to launch this fall and feature audio-video content across all realms of our everyday life, building upon our incredible success as the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. CLNS Media is now expanding in the field of finance, law, current events, entertainment, and of course, sports. From the legendary Bob Ryan to Jim Grant, the network will feature independent, original, and unique forms of broadcasting available to you, our loyal consumer on the free CLNS Media Network mobile app, and its YouTube channel at youtube.com slash clnsmedia. And as we say, do not sit on the sidelines as we make history. Get on board the white-hot CLNS Express. We're hiring both AV production, graphic design, staff writing, social media to work alongside all of our celebrity personalities. And we are doing so utilizing ZipRecruiter where we get all of our candidates in one place with just one click. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan to try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Okay, welcome back into Celtics Beat. All right, we got him here and, and very excited. Larry A. Trussell here with the honor to baptize this man. Now, CLNS Media's very own Mike Petralia. Trags, you are now free from the shackles of corporate tyranny. Welcome to the network, my man. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to uh, uh, speak ill will of the former employer. It's just a different chapter in my professional career, and I'm certainly uh, looking forward to it. Uh, certainly was uh, fun covering the sports that I did uh, for my former employer and uh, had great, uh, unforgettable experiences. So uh, certainly it's, it's great to move on to a new opportunity with CLNS. Uh, media and uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of different things. Some of the same things I did at WEEI, I'll be doing here, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And it's also kind of, uh, I think, LHR. It's, it's going to be coinciding uh, with a really dynamic and new era in Celtics basketball. Well, actually, you were down uh, at Patriots training camp this weekend, and if anyone wants to catch Trags in the immediate. Because if we do talk about Celtics basketball and what you'll be doing with the Celtics for the network this coming fall slash winter, I hate to say that because the weather's been so good recently, there would have to be a wait. Nonetheless, if they do want to see you immediately down at yeah. Patriots training camp this weekend, youtube.com slash CLNS media. That is youtube.com slash CLNS media. And also, of course, we're going to shout at the end. But follow on Twitter plenty of pictures if they were interested, so you sometimes can't plug the Patriots too much. You think, oh, Celtics, that it must be a Boston, New England base. I do know there are plenty of, uh, I don't want to call them Patriots haters, but those that maybe not be the biggest Patriots fans who are Celtics fans who listen to the show. Hey, this is not a pro-Patriots plug. This is a pro-Trags plug. You want to get Trags right now, follow them on Twitter at Trags. And, of course, the YouTube channel down at Patriots Practice, youtube.com slash CLNS Media. So, Trags, this, yes. we steal this concept. I want to say we steal it. In reality, we don't. Mr. Forsberg reaches out every single year. He's oh so kind to get representatives on behalf of CLNS Media for the summer forecast. Now, we usually do this with Chris on this very show. Chris is going away on vacation. I can't blame him. It's been a whirlwind of, I mean. He's every- certainly earned it. Uh, it, everyone, everyone in the media, in my opinion. I, I was with Austin here last week, and even I said, dude, are you, aren't you even burned out from all this? Everything that's transpired since the lottery? And uh, I, 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 can I say privately, he was like, you know, I didn't want to say he said yes, but he certainly didn't say no to it. Actually, I got a lot. You've been uh, doing plenty of work for the network with CLNS Media. You were at the. Um, what the Hayward conference call? What else? Did yeah, you, no, actually, the, uh, the it was actually three things broken down uh, a couple of Fridays ago. It was Danny Ainge uh, speaking, and I, I remember going back and forth with our boss Nick uh, about what is exactly going to happen in this Friday news conference that Danny Ainge is going to announce a major uh, player like personnel <laughs> move. And um, so, you know, we were all assuming this was the official Gordon Hayward introductory press conference, but we were assuming Gordon Hayward would actually come from his home in San Diego and make it to Boston and, you know, make an appearance. Well, as it turned out, uh, they broke it into three stages. It was Danny Ainge in person at the practice facility in Waltham, which I did attend. Uh, and was able to get some good video and, and get some good questions in, all of which is up on the CLNS uh, media site, of course. And then uh, about two and a half hours later, it was Brad Stevens. And then about an hour after that, it was Gordon Hayward himself on a conference call. It was kind of a whirlwind day, uh, but that was really my introduction uh, to CLNS media and covering the Celtics. And um, certainly at that point, Danny Ainge, uh, had gotten, I'd say, three quarters of the way through um, most of his, you know, his major 
uh, roster additions. Uh, but he still, as, as we uh, saw in the last couple of weeks, still had a little more work to do. And they're still actually working on some smaller things from what I understand. But nonetheless, this is sort of summer forecast time. We're actually going to have to cheat Mr. Forsberg a little bit and not wait for him to come back from his vacation. And we're going to have to go with that now because I, I actually got a little plans here for August. So, so we're going to delve right into it. And I'm not one who pushes anything to the main event. I start with the main event right on the undercard right away. I'll put you on the spot right away. Give me a, a, a win total for the Celtics this year, right out of the game, tracks. I'm, I'm going to say 57 and 25. How do I come to 57 wins? How do you think, LHR? I don't know. How do you come to 57 wins? That's four more than the 53 of last season, correct? Yeah, was it 53 or 54? No, it's 53. Okay, thank you. Okay. And that is one win for each of the major additions on the roster that I see as major additions. You know, obviously, there's Gordon Hayward, there's Marcus Morris, there's Aaron Baines, and Jason Tatum. I think those four players will account for at least uh, four more wins this season, and I say the Celtics get up to 57 wins. Uh, I don't think they quite push the 60 mark, um, but uh, that's where I see them going. I certainly think they are a better team. I think they are a more versatile team. That's the buzzword you've heard all offseason long from Danny, from Brad, from Austin, from everybody. It's This roster is very versatile, and we love how versatile it is. Nonetheless, though, what about the losses? What about those being accounted for? Basically, Olenek and Bradley. I actually think Olenek is, is going to be a bigger loss because I think Bradley, his skill set can be replaced to some regard, whereas Olenek's can't. Olenek cannot. They really don't have that guy off the bench that can stretch the floor uh, unless they do something with Crowder. We'll get into that in regards to starting lineups uh, in, 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 in the guards. But you don't really, what do you think? Don't you think they've lost quite a bit? Avery Bradley, you lose because he's such a dynamic player both on both sides of the ball. I mean, we've heard so much about um, you know what uh, Kyrie Irving is, what he lacks in defense. That's what Avery, one of Avery Bradley's strengths. He was a def- one of the best on-ball defenders uh, in his time over the last six years in Boston. He was just the very best on-ball defender. The Celtics had, I'd say, even better on the ball than even Marcus Smart uh, and for a longer period of time. That's what I think they're going to miss. Obviously, Avery Bradley's ability to spread the uh, perimeter with his three-point shooting, uh, that's something else they're going to have to find. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see if, indeed, Jalen Brown in his second year steps into that role right off the bat. I want to save any Jalen Brown takes for a little later in this. I gave us a little little cheat cheat sheet there. But so the, the Celtics. This is my, here's my small little opinion. The Celtics lost their best perimeter defender. Yet I actually think from last year their defense is going to improve with more length and agility in not just the starting lineup, but the majority of their lineups that I think they're going to have. And of course, we're going to be making starting lineup predictions here coming up. I thought there were some players that were a little bit out of place last year. I think it's going to be very important that Al Horford's now going to be playing center. That's going to mitigate any lack of speed on his in, on his end. There could be a small regression. So I went with 56 wins. I'm at 56 and 26, which really isn't that big of a jump when all things considered they ended up adding a an all-star level talent and a dynamite offensive player. So they've been I think that they are better on paper. There was there was some arguments that they may not have been in you know that they did lose Bradley, Olenek. But I actually think the small regression could come from last year. I know this is a little, you know, just blase and very storyline to say, but they, well, they won, remember, they won a lot 
of close games last year. I cannot remember their point differential. I want to say it was plus 2.4, and I'm kicking myself for not remembering that because I've brought this up numerous times on this particular podcast, and I've never done the due diligence to check, but it was it was very low. There could be a little bit of regression to the means on that and maybe some bad luck, you know, not or some in the luck department not going the Celtics way as much during the regular season. So that's I also don't want to make the sixty win prediction that I made last year during both the summer forecasts and I believe during the season. That's what's so unique about this discussion is that it, you know, this is a good time to be making predictions. Then of course come September, October, many of them going to change. But I'm gonna stick on fifty six. I think the defense is going to improve with much more length and agility in the lineup. Versatility, yes, it's a cliche word, but nonetheless, that is there. Um, so I'm going with 56 and 26, and we'll finish at that. How? I know this is one that Mr. Forsberg always asks. How the season ends, I love to ask this as well. So Kyrie Irving, you mentioned him. Uh, I'm probably going off on the fact that that's the big, you know, end of July, August storyline right now that this is this is a throwback that I know that probably only very few of us now, I know a good chunk of our audience, but... The Kobe Shaq controversy in 2001, nothing ended up coming yep. out of it. There was the whole, is Kobe going to be traded? And then, of course, they put things together and they just stomped their way to the NBA Finals that year. So that very well could happen now. But the momentum and all everything that's in the air is that Cleveland has completely fallen apart. So I actually said for how the season ends, I have the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Losing, but I have them in the NBA Finals. I think the Celtics uh, are going to get back to the NBA Finals. I uh, get back to the Eastern Conference. Oh, Freudian slip. Oh, you didn't have and, to do that, man. Uh, and I actually think they're going to get by Cleveland this time. Oh, and okay. uh, I I think they're going to have a very similar path uh, to the playoffs. And I think they get to the NBA Finals. And I think they lose to uh, the Golden State Warriors. I think the Warriors, I cannot see Oh, they're it. getting swept. A, but we'll, we don't even have to mention anything about it. They're going to get swept. We know. We, let's stick on the good stuff, getting out of the East. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I will say this, though, LHR, that uh, the Celtics are built, and I've been saying this for the last two and a half years, the Celtics are built like the Golden State Warriors. They are not as talented. They get ripped on Twitter like, oh, you cannot be serious. They're not the Golden State Warriors, but they're trying to play like the Golden State Warriors, spread the floor, and really uh, have more and more perimeter shooting and play up-tempo and fast pace like the Golden State Warriors. And defensively, I think uh, they at times play like the uh, Golden State Warriors. And I think, you know, Brad Stevens wants them to play off the ball a little bit more like the Warriors. So uh, I think the Celtics are going to be good enough and have improved in enough areas uh, with the versatility on the roster to get to the NBA Finals this time. And every single year under Brad Stevens has been a a step forward. So there has been no year where that they've they've either been the same or or have gotten worse. It went right, from 24 and, wins and I t- to the, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think uh, that the team understands more and more how Brad Stevens wants uh, them to play, and more to the point, Brad Stevens knows better how to get his message across uh, succinctly into what he wants his players doing on the court. That's the key in the NBA. It, much like you know, Bill Belichick used, uh, always talks about um, in – Uh, football you want your players making decisions on the field and reading and reacting and not thinking too much and I think Brad Stevens is at that same level with most of the guys on his roster starting lineup want me to go first you're going first okay 
Uh, I'm going to go Isaiah Thomas, and they start the season with Jalen Brown uh, as uh, the off guard or the other ball handler. Because remember, uh, we are no longer in a five position world and in the world of in the eyes of Brad Stevens, we have three positions. We have two ball handlers, Isaiah Thomas and Jalen Brown, and maybe a third if you want to go Gordon Hayward. He's the third starter. Uh, the fourth starter is obvious. You already mentioned it's Al Horford. He'll be one uh, of the bigs. And then to start the season, I think it'll be Jay Crowder, but I could see a situation uh, where someone takes over midway through the season if, if Jay Crowder's offense is lagging uh, like it did in the second half of, of this season. So I, I'm pretty much with you, I think. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Jalen Brown, uh, Gordon Hayward, Jay Crowder, and Al Horford. I think that's a good way uh, to project the uh, starting lineup heading into the season. It is It is the small ball lineup. It actually goes specifically back to what Austin said here last week and that Brad loves a team full of just versatile 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, guys that can stretch the floor and, play, and guard multiple positions. That is exactly what that lineup is. You did make one comment about ball. I think Gordon Hayward is going to handle the ball uh, a actually a pretty sufficient amount actually as a matter of time I think Jalen Brown a lot less I think and we're going to talk about Jalen coming up I I've been saying this now for for a while I think that Jalen Brown it's just if he wants to start which I actually think he was that's that's my lineup as well but if he wants to start it's just Jalen just hit that corner three because I think everything else is is going to come you know a lot along with it too there's one the one that I really like about that that lineup is when I specifically mentioned earlier about how I think that the defense, even with the loss of Avery Bradley, I think it is going to improve because there's just there's just going to be it is just a little bit more of a versatile defense with in the sense that you're able to have Crowder at the four and Hayward and Jalen Brown give the team Brown really in particular. There's just a lot more length there, and there's just a lot more versatility. I hate using these horrible cliches, but that's really yeah. the only possible way to hammer the point home. I, I guess maybe for the sake of this podcast, I was almost hoping that you were going to bring up the dreaded Aaron Baines uh, lineup with him at a center. I absolutely no. hate that lineup completely. I mean, you can even say, I, I say as to why. I think the team is going to struggle with rebounding as is. There's no sense putting Al Horford back at the four ever again. The, the way too slow on defense. I guess you can uh, go with your laments on that lineup. Well, okay. Here's uh, my counter to that. Um, I think if Jay Crowder falls off um, a little bit or starts slow, and uh, for whatever reason they don't look as good or sharp with Jay Crowder um, in the front court, I think either Anti Zizic, if he shows that. Uh, he's got the toughness that you you very well know in talking to your Boston Celtics, um, you know, Moles, that uh, they love his toughness and they love the year that he had overseas. I think either Zizic or Marcus Morris uh, could provide some of that uh, front court toughness uh, and spell uh, Jay Crowder if Crowder does not get off to a fast start. I, I like those two as dark horses. I think Aaron Baines is purely uh, a second unit guy who comes off the bench uh, to, to provide obviously some rebounding uh, and uh, give you know obviously Al Horford a bit of a blow in the low post. Yeah, one other possibility that that could change with the with the starting lineup is if Jalen Brown starts. It's amazing how we have him stenciled in, particular me, because last year I no qualms. I was very I was an anti Jalen Brown at number three, and now I feel like I'm his biggest fan. I've done as big of a flip flop as any politician. He's going to have to shoot. 
yeah. LHR. He's yeah. going to have oh. to shoot much more consistently. But the so other – My big if. Yeah, the other option, of course, would be a, a, a bigger lineup with that being, say, Hayward, uh, Hayward uh, Crowder, right. and then one of the bigs, as you mentioned, or or Marcus Smart, yet I just – they need that playmaking on the bench. On they need the, the yeah, unit. yeah. They need that, and they need that. The, the second unit needs a playmaker, and Marcus Smart is far better on the ball than off, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm hoping well, too with Gordon Hayward, there's no more Marcus Smart at three ever again. Oh no, I, I don't think there has to be at, the, at this stage. I think you can forget about that. But people forget that Marcus Smart is a backup point guard to Isaiah Thomas. He is not just you know a defensive specialist off the bench. He is the point guard. And if uh, for that second unit, and I think it's important for Brad Stevens as as he has hinted at many times over. Uh, that he wants consistency out of his second unit because the first unit can't do everything all the time. Let's specifically talk about Jalen Brown. So one of the things that Mr. Forsberg asks everyone within uh, the terrestrial and alternative media on his summer forecast is asking for the biggest overachiever this year. So I I chose Jalen Brown, but I don't, I don't want to call that an overachiever in the sense that I think the expectations for him are fairly high. Nonetheless, I expect him to make another leap. I expect him to play a very important role. I expect him to be the, the thing is, as you've referenced, as I've referenced now numerous times, is going to be to hit the corner three because that lineup that me and you both think that the Celtics are going to trot out on opening night as a starting lineup and they're probably their best lineup, that being Thomas Brown, uh, Hayward, Crowder, and Horford, three-point shooters everywhere, you hope. And that's what Jalen Brown is pretty much the only real uh, question mark in regard to that, and he's going to be playing at guard. So uh, I am bullish on Jalen Brown as either an overachiever or as someone who's going to improve, and I am bullish on his importance of the team. What say you, Drags? Uh, I'm, I, and having not seen him play, I'm bullish on Ante Zizic because the buildup inside the organization has been so big. To me, he's going to be the overachiever. I think Jalen Brown's going to take that next step, um, LHR, and I think that, you know, you know, we expect Jalen Brown, given the toughness and the maturity he showed as a rookie, we expect him to take that next step in, in growth and development. And to me, that's not overachieving. That's just doing what you should do. I think Zizic is going to come in and really provide a lot of toughness that uh, people had no idea he was capable of. You know, the casual fan uh, who hasn't been, you know, following along closely and wondering who is this number 54, I think they're going to be very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, he is a rookie, though, and he hate putting so much. It's a very Boston fan thing to do. More so, I think, in other sports. More so, I say, with Red Sox pitchers coming up out of the farm system to put so much, you know, onus on rookies. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I am, you know, I just, I, I don't want to put any of my eggs in the, in the Zizic baskets just yet. I know he played a little bit better there towards the end in summer league. But, uh, you know, he's a rookie, and he could still have stamina issues. And I, you know, I, I, I'll say it. I think Jalen Brown is going to be very, very good for the Celts this year. And I can pretty much reference to when did he start? Uh, what was it, like mid-January when, when yeah. Avery Bradley was out? And that's when that team, they really started to get rolling. They never really looked back. Even Bradley did come back, but Jalen Brown himself as well. All right, Trags, let's have a little fun. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the opener. I actually did not fire that to you, so I can just say – there's two games that you always look for every single year on the calendar. Oh, I guess the Super Bowl Sunday, that's a day where you may as well, you just have to plan that day, considering that you that one football team you expect to, in the local area to be playing a game that night. Uh, but the opener and Christmas. So the opener, I think, 
I think it's really easy. I think with um, with Golden State winning the championship, that's going to be the latter half of the doubleheader. So they're going to need an East Coast game. I think the Celtics are going to play Cleveland in the opener. I think they're going to play the Sixers. Oh, I think that would be a great way to kick off. Because I can tell you this much from talking to my people in Philadelphia, uh, and uh, you know, I stay in close contact with the city of brotherly love. Um, the expectations there are absolutely through the roof and the NBA would love nothing more than the Celtics and Sixers uh, to renew that rivalry that died uh, for all intents and purposes in the 1990s. It came back a little bit uh, in the early 2010s, but not really, not to the point where um, I think the NBA thinks it could head in the next three to five years. And I think the Celtics and Sixers on opening night uh, would be a great, great storyline. And I think, you know, if you're talking Celtics-Cavs, I think that's more a Christmas Day type of game. Well, I think Christmas, the Cavs-Golden State, that's a lock. So they would definitely not play yeah. Cleveland. I actually have the Celtics, uh, not recently, but generally they do go out west uh, in and around right after Christmas. They usually, they, they used, I don't know, last two, three, four years, that hasn't been the case. But they used to always go out west. Yeah. When they had Garnett, they always went out west. Um, it was uh, like the day after Christmas. It was u- either yeah. usually December 26th or 27th, and there would be like this weird three-game West Coast road swing. And they'd and always come back up. And, and they would – and you remember this. They would always play Memphis on New Year's Eve for some reason at like 2 o'clock at the Garden. Yeah, New Orleans, I remember that one as well. So Christmas, uh, why don't you give me a Christmas Day prediction? Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Cavaliers. I think the Celtics and Cavaliers uh, are going to be, I'd be willing to bet a substantial sum that the Cavs okay. and the Warriors are playing on Christmas. Me and you, we, we, we can get it. I'll go with the, with the West coast. And you were talking about, about prior rivalries in the years past, about teams that, uh, have higher ish expectations this year. Certainly aren't in the same caliber as where the Celtics are, where the Celtics, you know, I know where uh, you're going. Okay. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say the Lakers. I think, yeah, I think they'll play the Lakers in a late night, you know, uh, one of the back end of the, because they have a quintuple header. I think it will be, I don't think it'll be a, a prime matchup as one of the double headers uh, on the nationally broadcast. I think on one of the cable channels, I think they'll play the Lakers at, you know, 1030 at night. That would make, I think, a lot of I, sense. I, I could see that, but I'm still going to stick with my Cavaliers prediction. I'm going to be bullish and bullheaded, yeah. so that's where I'm going. I think, I, no way. I'm going no way on that one. That's for sure. All right. Okay. Who do the Celtics chase next? I was tempted to say Kyrie Irving, but um, no, I think they're. I think no, no yeah, I, exactly. Um, I think they're going to uh, go. They're going to monitor the situation in New Orleans with Anthony Davis and uh, see what happens there. I think that uh, is a legitimate uh, possibility, simply because he fills that need of having a stretch five. Uh, I think they'll also monitor what happens uh, in New York uh, with the Knicks and see, you know, if that trade that almost happened, uh, I say almost happened, that so many people were saying was going to happen uh, around the draft actually materializes this time. I think by default it would be Anthony Davis because he is that type of player that the Celtics are or any team want. He's a game changer. He's a franchise. He's a best player on a title team type of guy and you would just by default 
think that eventually he is someone who could possibly hit the market in a few years, and the Celtics still should have plenty of ammo. So I think that's a very safe prediction to do Anthony Davis. Uh, I will say one thing on Kyrie: the Kyrie stuff broke uh, last Saturday, right before this, you know, right, you know, right before we were going to do the show. And I said to myself, I am not giving that one iota of energy in terms of any possibility of him coming to Boston. So I'll just finish on that. Nonetheless, uh, hopefully that drama does play out as much as it does in Cleveland because uh, so much of what is predicated upon my Celtics in the NBA Finals uh, prediction is from that, uh, you know, the residue or so much we speak of what we think is coming out of Cleveland. Yeah, and I'll just make one quick point on that. Everybody got all amped up and, and tweeted out, you know, oh, the Celtics have contacted the Cavaliers about Kyrie Irving. Contact every Obvious. team about everybody, yeah. Right, exactly. That's just Danny doing his due diligence. If he wasn't contacting uh, the Cavaliers about Kyrie after the news that broke, I mean, he wouldn't be doing his job. So I think everybody can take a deep breath there. Well, it's 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 sort of a, a way for a reporter to sort of quote quote unquote do their job almost like a police. Hey, I'm just doing my job. Is to just do you know diligently put that in a new you know a column, knowing full well that that's going to be grabbed by some blog or by some tweeter, and it's just going to quote unquote go viral. It's a very it's a cute thing to do. Nonetheless, hey, I I do it if I were them. All right, here's probably the most boring question of them all. If this is a throwback to the last year, R.J. Hunter and James Young. Who wins the last roster spot, which was a storyline that dominated October here in Boston. Uh, I don't think I want to let that storyline dominate these airwaves come October of, of Shane Larkin discussion or whatever. But do you want to touch yeah. upon, you want to, you want to throw out your last roster spot prediction? Look, I've always been a fan of Abdel Nader. I think, uh, in, in talking to people who are close to him, he gives you kind of that uh, flexibility at six six. You know, he's a guard. He's a can be a forward in uh, a very small lineup. Uh, he works incredibly hard, and uh, obviously they rewarded him with that rookie contract. Uh, actually, as a matter of fact, uh, minutes before Danny Ainge held that press conference to introduce Gordon Hayward, it was Abdel Nader uh, getting you know that uh, four-year rookie deal, two years of which are guaranteed. So I, I like the Abdel Nader uh, to grab that final spot on the roster. CLNS Media's very own... Mike Petralia, follow the man on Twitter at Trags. Of everything that we've discussed here on the, one of the final Sundays of July, which do you think you could see yourself changing, possibly even substantially, when you make your official October predictions on CLNSmedia.com? Uh, of all of the changes I could see myself making, uh, it would probably be uh, the starting lineup. I would say the starting lineup could always change, and I could see maybe Jalen Brown starting uh, on the bench uh, to start the season. That is the one prediction, I think, uh, of all the ones that I made, including Christmas Day with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. That's the one prediction I think might change before uh, the season begins. Well, we'll find out soon enough when it comes to the schedule. Uh, well, before any times we, we had any sort of 2018 season predictions in, uh, in stone. But again, veteran reporter Mike Petralia, now of CLNS Media, feels so good to say that. Uh, the schedule is set to be released from what I have been hearing uh, during the second week of August. So goes without saying to stay tuned to CLNS Media for that. Of course, uh, that is actually one of my more enjoyable shows we do here during the off season when we break down the schedule where we pretend like well, we're going to set our entire lives or what we're going to be doing on Super Bowl Sunday or this Sunday when the Celtics are playing. But I, I thoroughly enjoy the schedule being released, and I thoroughly enjoy that broadcast. But as stated, 
I would be willing to bet a substantial, a, I mean a substantial sum, with Trags or anyone that Cleveland and Golden State will hook up again on Christmas. Uh, it would actually be somewhat prudent, though, for the NBA to, to spread the wealth around a little bit because if you do pack the main event with the top talent, it's tough to sell the the rest of the card. So maybe the NBA could you know do a Boston and Cleveland and then a Golden State versus anybody, for that matter, to give uh, them two good games on the network doubleheader rather than making it Cavs and Warriors, and then all the other games likely to be consumed just by their local fan bases and fanatical gamblers who uh, do so. But nonetheless, that is what I think they are going to do, that being the former. Uh, So that is a prediction that we will not change because we can't. We all will know uh, the Christmas schedule in a matter of weeks and the entire NBA schedule, with the Celtics included, in uh, just to call it 20 days or so. Uh, Mine, I'm I'm with Mike. I can easily see the Celtics in terms of what could be changed, uh, and that being a change in our eyes on what we predict the starting unit will be. Uh, although I do feel quite confident it will be what it is, uh, in what we discussed, uh, particularly with, and, and I know many in social media outlets and, and the Celtics internet community, uh, their perception of Jay Crowder, I don't know, is this is an extreme word, has it soured a bit, has it gone a bit south? I mean, even Trags himself wasn't so high on him from, from what I was garnering from that interview. And, of, and of course, that could you know be from another less-than-stellar playoff run uh, on, on, Jay, on Jay's regard. Um, you know, this time when we presume he was far healthier than he was in Atlanta a few years, years ago when he did have an excuse for not playing too, uh, particularly well in the NBA's postseason. But even so, I think Crowder is a lock for the starting unit, uh, not just for his skill set, but the kind of skills that he brings. You heard me reference that a little earlier and how I think that the Celtics will go about uh, putting together these lineups. So, I mean, you have Brown and Hayward defensively. They don't really, they're good defenders, but they don't really have the strength to check the types of players that Crowder, with his size, what he can defend. And also, I think uh, something we did not discuss with Trags that it was a big theme of last week's show with Austin, continuity is going to be a big issue for the Celts earlier in the season. As I said, I talked about it on last week's show with Austin Ainge. In fact, Austin Ainge specifically brought it up as, as being a concern of his. And if it's a concern of his, then it is a concern of mine. So thus, on that basis alone, why create more of a problem of it? Thomas Horford Crowder, that represents three returning starters. That's not bad. I mean, you already have to work in a big enough piece with Hayward as is. So just on that alone, working in three new starters as opposed to just working in two new starters, uh, that would be a challenge in itself. The only wild card I really could see would be Jason Tatum replacing Crowder, not Marcus Morris, or certainly not uh, a bigger lineup with Zizic or or, or, or Baines. Um, I just don't like that one iota. Um, but that would only be if Mr. Tatum had a massive, massive camp. That would be wishful thinking, huh? I, I I would say so. But a good vibe to finish on, nonetheless, pumping up the rookies, huh? Which we will do. Done here, but not Celtics coverage on CLNS Media, where there still is at this time of year, as we head into the dog days of August, Celtics content every single day on the free CLNS Media mobile app. Get it, especially check out those roundtable guys. All right, music for this episode of Celtics Beat was provided by Chuck Dietz and Steph Legrato. Today's sponsors were ZipRecruiter and HelloFresh. For graphic designer Scott Dillon, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Larry H. Russell, the executive producer and host, signing off for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Media.